somebody wants to ask the Rabbi Yashiv if there's a chiv to believe the Mashiach can come any moment. Rabbi Yashiv said yes, one you'd give a lot of moment. He said, is there a chiv to want him to come every moment? A different shaila. A chiv to believe he could come. Sometimes easier than the chiv to want him to come. So Rabbi Yashiv asked him, why wouldn't you want him to come? So he said, this is a question I hear from many people in different forums. And uh, most of it is due to the incredibly uh, calm and pleasant goals we're in right now. Uh, 100 years ago, when they had a program every day, they didn't ask this either. Nobody in their right mind would want the Mashiach to come right now. If you look through the Kinnis, it's a panoramic view of uh, the horrors of 2,000 years of Gullahs. Uh, as you read the Kinnis, nobody witnessing what was going on in these Kinnis could ever ask such a Shaila. But we can. It's a legitimate Shaila if you deal with the Shaila. And the way they brought down the person in Rabbi Yashiv, he said, well, I'm working on my Ruchniyas, the time of Mashiach, uh, it's still going to have the Yetzirah, but it's sort of cut down to size. So there's less schar. So I'm working on things, and why would I want a kufa where I don't get as much schar? I don't feel I'm there yet. Now, behind that was probably, yes, and it's also very pleasant, and there's no rush. But it didn't spell that out. If it was during the kufa of any of these kinnas, you wouldn't ask the shayla because we've got to get out of here. But once you don't, so then you could start either believing or talking yourself into that the ruchnias will get better, and you want more schar if you wait, and you can get more schar for the Yitzhar now. So do I have a chiv to want the Mashiach right now? I have a chiv to believe he can come. I have a chiv to want him. It's an important shayla, I think, that has crossed many people's... Uh, Minds. Rabbi Yashiv said that Achakel Abachayim Shiavo means not only to believe that he can come, but that you want it to come. And to answer the question, why should you want it to come? The answer is, what's good for you personally doesn't regulate what you should want. Pretty basic, you say. For Klai Yisrael in the totality of Klai Yisrael, it's extremely important that the Gula come as soon as possible, because uh, many don't know Benjamin and the Smoilam. Who's going to make it to the uh, Gula? Who knows? Who knows what the percentage? There might be a measure 20%. Uh, who knows what the 20% is? Who you're counting? But for most people, without the Kedusha, without Yisrael, without the Avodah, without the closeness, without all the things that uh, we used to have, they're definitely in negative territory. Can there be situations of Yechidim who might get more schar? In this Tkufa, when they have a big Yetzirah and they're successfully fighting it, maybe. Maybe, yeah, maybe not. Maybe there are a few. So they're not the Rav. So number one, you have to think outside yourself. You've got to think, what, what does Klai Yisrael need? That's your side number one. Side number two is a lot of what's going on, even though when you read the details of the Kinnis and you study what the words mean, it's really a very vivid description of the tragedies and the pogroms uh, and the inquisitions. It's also a description of the Averis and the comparison of what Avera triggered this and what the Midda Kenegad Midda is. And 
the cause, the immediate cause of that, look at the Medrasha, Medrashecha, about the progression of the Chorban bias. it's all about Goas HaShchina, the different stages that the Shechina left. And way before the Chorban, the different uh, levels, the Shechina was in concentration on Besamitish Yushalayim and how it receded every time we had Averis in our Cheshpin. So, really, the Avelis and the Golas about Golas HaShchina, which is hard for us, harder for us to identify with, but Golas HaShchina does affect us in, in a very personal way. It needs uh, less Siyat uh, and less uh, direct Pikuach, there's always Pikuach, but less direct Pikuach and Klai Yisrael, and it may well less direct on the Yechidim. And uh, the Golas HaShchina is, Rabbi Yosha reminded this person, it says it's very nice, you think, maybe yes, maybe not, you can benefit from uh, having a bigger Nisayan and a bigger uh, Schar, whether that's true or not is debatable. But Lamaisa, you have to have Rahmanas on the rest of Israel, and quote-unquote, the worry has to be the Golas HaShchina, and it's not about you, which is pretty important, you decide to go about to read this. And when we read this, we're a little bit detached anyway because of the... Uh, relative comfort that we live in. We're aware of the history. A lot of it is not ancient. Certainly as you move on, the it moves on chronologically. And it's important to keep in mind the concept of Gol Sashchina, the concept of the Siyat We're missing the concept that uh, there are many Yidin, probably including ourselves, but even if you don't include yourself, are missing a tremendous amount because of this lack of uh, Kedusha, which we're not going to get in those conditions. That's number one. Uh, the Ben Yoyodah, points out, and this is, uh, we may mention this a few years back, but to expand on it for, for a few minutes, he makes mention of the fact that you look at the Gemara and Gittin, the Sugya, uh, the uh, stories about what triggered the Chorban and what caused the Chorban and what happened after the Chorban and at the Chorban, is you have three different mices, which seems to be almost trivial, that these, these three should trigger the Romans coming in and by Shani and destroying everything. And to take two of them, one of them is the most famous, Kamsa Bar Kamsa. Nope. Invitations get lost in the mail. This happened to everybody. Um, mistaken invitations. Sometimes people get the wrong invitation. They are invited, they're not invited. People get all bent out of shape about it. It happens. Does it happen to the extent that when you notice the guys, the Chasna, you ask him to leave, okay, pretty poor taste. And even when he asked to stay and he offers to pay, okay, so the guy uh, had some issues, whatever those issues were. One person, one chasna, one simcha. And yet the Gemara says that uh, this is one of the triggers for the sealing of the fate of Klai Yisrael. The other Misa mentioned, Tarnagol uh, and Tarnagol, is the Hadaminik. And Chasna Kala got married, so they used to, in the procession, they used to have a Tarnagol and a Tarnagol go before the procession, representing Pruavu. Shiloh, why not fish? Fish is normally, you think of Pruavu, fish is, is where it's at. Okay, it's hard to take a fish on a procession as you're going uh, to a chuppah, a Tarnagol and Tarnagol. It's not just logistics, uh, some Farshim say. And they paraded a picture of chuppah, and there's a Tarnagol and Tarnagol. And they, they watched over this for many weeks beforehand, that a special thing designated. And they were starting Hasna, and the, uh, the Romans showed up, and they took it. They wanted lunch. And they attacked them. There's only a couple of soldiers. They attacked them, and they killed them. And then a message was sent to Rome that the uh, Jews are rebelling. You better come and 
and quell it. And the third mice are similar to that. Uh, they were taking wood, and they fell upon them, and they killed them. So Ben Ishchai wants to know, if you want to talk about Hurbans, to talk about talk about Sinaschinim for Bayashani, if anything, the Maisa number two and three show they were defending the Chasna Kala. It was, didn't look like, it looked like Ava, it looked like Achtus. They were, how dare you take the, uh, interrupt the procession over here. If anything, it looked like it was in the opposite direction. Kamsa by Kamsa is obviously a, a good example of Sinaschinim, but it's, it's, it's one person. So he wants to know why are these three highlighted as reasons for the Chorban. He says something very interesting. He says the famous Chazal, everything exactly on the din, and they didn't go which means they were too focused on the nitty gritty and they didn't look at the big picture. And the Ben Yishchai says that that in and of itself you wouldn't think would cause a churban unless it starts affecting your whole halachelah of not seeing the big picture in anything. That doesn't mean that we pay very close attention to every detail of halacha. People use this big picture theory in the wrong direction. Addictic uh, halacha to the most minute detail is crucial. But you also have to know when something is yahar vayavar when it's not. And when you have to give in, even though you shouldn't be paying for this guy, because you don't like him and he's your enemy, you shouldn't be here. And you also have to know that Tanagol and Tanagol is a nice simon for Puruvu, but so is surviving the incident. And to know that when Hashem is showing his displeasure that the Romans are all over the place, maybe it's a sign that you have to do tshuva instead of starting up with the Romans. And they didn't see that. They felt, no. This is a Jewish pride, and you're not going to take away our time to go, you're not going to stop the procession over here. Unlike Hanukkah, where the Chashmanon did the same thing, but there they were right, because there they were interrupting a real din, and they had to take a stand. Over here, it was coming from a place that says, how dare you? I'm trying to make a chasna, and you're in my way. So Ben Yishchai says, these three things represented the fact that when the on the din, if a guy is in your house eating your food, and you throw him out? Technically, Yes. Is it the right thing to do to embarrass him? Of course not. But he didn't see that. Is it right to put people in Sakana where you know the Romans are stronger and uh, again it's a, it's a quasi gullah state as it is? Why don't you work from within in your Ruchlius instead of uh, showing uh, when your whole Hasna procession there's only three soldiers there, of course you can kill them. Instead of showing off, why don't you look at the greater picture of how to really fix this problem? And that they weren't doing. So Ben Yishchai says that what triggered the Chorban over here is that the, uh, the details in the wrong direction were being focused on and people didn't want to budge. And he says that's the Pshat and the Gemara, that they didn't want to do the Fimishur Sadin. Fimishur Sadin, we think, is a, a Madrega. First, keep the Din. The answer is yes. But the Fimishur Sadin is being Mavatar, giving it to something. And that was a problem. Most of these Gemaras are about Chorban Bayashani. The Golas win is from Chorban Bayashani now. And uh, the repercussions are still being felt now. Uh, the good news is, uh, from people at least, Gilaraish Shukhazam Avodazara is not exactly Hashem, not exactly our thing. But the uh, minute focus on things that don't really make a difference sometimes get us into a lot of trouble. And Ben Yishchai says that's why these were picked. They say, well, how does that follow into all the kindness and all the tragedies? The answer is once the retribution is being visited, once Golas happens, a part of it is Hashem is Hadach, Yitanah Keri. 
and where Hashem never lets go, but we're off to almost our own devices. If you want to decide things without uh, looking at uh, what you should be doing, without asking what you should be doing, then I, I leave you to your own devices, and then the laws of nature set in, which is uh, what happens in uh, Hester Ponim, which is what most of the kinnas are about. So again, as we start going through the kinnas, try to understand what you're reading, what the underpinnings are, understand that uh, the Golos Hashkina is what causes this, and what causes all of this, certainly in Bayashani, is the fact that everybody's looking at themselves and not trying to look at what is Klaistral need and what other people need. And that's uh, a big part of the focus. Kinnayat Aleph is the, perhaps the most important of all of them, it parallels exact chicken in Echa. And it deals with a parsha which you wouldn't expect would be front and center for the Horgan, who was many years before. It deals with Yoshio Amalek, who was son of Ammon, who was the son of Manasseh, both Hisham Gemur, son of Chizkiah, who was a Sadiq. And growing up, father and grandfather not only didn't teach him anything, but uh, actually taught him all the wrong things. He became a uh, Valchuva at the age of eight. Kinnah starts off. And he and Tabi Chizkiyahu Melech were the two Malchayud, the Tzadikim, who made a desperate attempt to turn things around, had significant success, and we look at it, well, what they accomplished, we still had a Horbin. The short answer after this uh, few weeks in the Navi Shur, but the, the short answer for Tisha B'av is that they gave us the ability to see another day and the is still around because of them. Uh, enough of a nucleus, enough people were still from when the Horbin came. But it looks like short term, if they both died, it was a disaster. Nasha undid everything Chizkiyot did, and then Yeshio is going to be killed in the prime of his life, which is what this kin is about. There are two sheets in the Gemara what he did wrong. Mitzrayim asked for a safe passage through Eitz Israel to go north to fight a campaign. And the Melech, relying on the Pesach in Chumash, it says, Hashem promised when we're doing the right thing, not only won't you have people coming to attack you in Eitz Israel, you won't even have armies walking through Eitz Israel. That's always a dangerous proposition. And this is after he did tshuva, read from the Sefer Torah, had a mass rally, got rid of Vodazara, so he thought, and he thought he cleaned up. He thought he could be zeichet to this bracha of cherv le'evar Once she tells the Navi, told him beferish, let him through. He's not going to attack you. Just let him walk through. And he didn't listen. He says, the Pasuk Chumash says, cherv le'evar let him go through. Lesson number one, which is crucial, is that if you have a live Rebbe that tells you one thing and you have a different shot in the Gemara or Pasuk and your Rebbe knows how to learn, you follow the Navi, which in his... Uh, Innocence and his desire to do the right thing. He had such as Lavos, but unfortunately, uh, in this case, the decision was completely wrong. Uh, the other sheet that says he didn't even ask, he thought it was so pushed. And the pitch of that is that he was still killed even though he was a Shegi. The answer is he should have known a decision of this proportion. I gave it to all the cholesterol, there's another here, and he didn't ask. And the Piet over here from the Lazar Collier goes on to describe that he goes out to battle and he's killed. 
And due to the fact of the tzaddik that he was, the last words he said, barely audible, that the Navi had to bend his ear to hear, it's tzaddik who Hashem kimerisipiu, which is in this kin as well. Can't blame it all on Yoshio. And this is the, the second point which is important to bring out. Uh, every dar and his leadership are responsible to bring Klai Yisrael to the next level. He was trying. Uh, apparently, not enough people from the generation did shuva. They tricked him and makes reference to the fact that Avodah was behind the door. And he thought he got rid of everything and they hid it. At the end of the day, you can't police everybody. And if the people aren't doing the right thing, uh, you could, from here to next year, uh, darshan, if you don't have, doesn't have to be all of Klai Yisrael, though it's going to be abandoned in Rishayim, but it has to be Rav Minyan Abinyan, which he thought he had and he didn't. Which is why the numbers do make a difference, quality and quantity. You'll say in Mitzrayim, 80% didn't want to leave. The answer is, yeah, that's why they died during Makkah because you can't even count them as part of Klai Yisrael. So Hashem took out 20%, even though it's 20%, had some of the air rob and all the things that happened in the Midbar. So we don't need Roiv of Klai Yisrael. We need Roiv of the Klai Yisrael that's going to be Zeichet to this Geula. He thought he had it. Uh, the Rambam has a very interesting Lushan, and I think the following Diak that I'll share with you is correct. I didn't see anybody comment on this, but I think it's Muchuch. The Rambam he talks about Barakechva, which is a similar debacle, uh, he originally had the endorsement, as did Yoshio. Yoshio was a far greater tzaddik than Bakhetha was on any day. But Bakhetha started off, had considerable strengths and considerable schusim, and he was from Malchus Beis Dabu. And Rabbi Kiva initially supported him. So here you have the army was probably raised from many Tamid Rabbi Kiva, just in terms of the uh, inertia, in terms of the physic, in terms of uh, people who were technically behind him. And we all know Barakhefa became too much Barakhefa, went to his head. Uh, to the point the Gemara quotes him as saying uh, to Akash Baruch Hu, uh, don't help me, don't hinder me. And what in the world does that mean? This is after Korban Bayashani already. This was the rebellion which caused the Korban of Beitar. So the answer is, that's Apikursus. You ask Hashem not to help you. But he held himself not to be such an Apikurus. I didn't think that Hashem can't stop me. That's why I said, don't hinder me. But I don't think I need his help either. That's still Apikursus. How did that happen? So the answer is everybody has Bechira, and power can corrupt. But the second part of the equation, which is crucial over here, before we blame everything on Barakhetha and on the Lahavdil Yashio Amelov, if the Dar was Zeichelakach, then the leader, Barakhetha or the Melech Yashio, would have Siat Deshmaya to make the right decisions. And he didn't, neither of them did, because the Dar was Zeichelakach. My Deek and the Rambam, the Rambam he discusses about Kaifa, says that they thought he was Mashiach and he had the credentials, and Rabbi Kiva supported him. Adsha, Noda, Sheina, until they found out he wasn't. How do you find out somebody's not the Mashiach? It's important for the for Klai Yisrael to know this. Um, yeah, you can't overemphasize this if they would have uh, shot that tea and everything else wouldn't have happened. Uh, is that if he, Rambam says if he doesn't finish the job, he's not the Mashiach. He could be a great guy, a wonderful person. Great Havamina. If he doesn't, if he dies, and doesn't finish the job. He's not the Mashiach by definition. The Rambam says. So, the Rambam says he died, and it says he was killed, which is one sheet of the Gemara, killed by the Romans probably. Achenerag, and the Rambam's lashon is Achenerag be'avonis. Now, basic Hebrew, no fancy dictum. 
Achenere ba'avainus is not the word we would use. If he became ba'agaiva, it's achenere ba'avainus sov. If you say, well, okay, it's not his fault, it's Klaisel's fault, so it's achenere ba'avainus enu. Ramam says neither. He says, achenere ba'avainus. I don't want to pick that word. I think the answer is what we're saying by Yeshua Amelach is that don't blame it on him per se and don't blame it on us alone. A generic Ba'avainas is a generic Avainas. His Averis, he wasn't Zeche, we're not Zeche. It's both, combination of both. So this kind of focuses on Yoshio's accomplishments, which were not small, focuses on the disaster and his being killed. And once he was killed, there was no other king that came close to fixing his upsetgeo at the end, was a tzaddik, but his cabinet by then were overshone. He didn't, I can't say he didn't stand a chance, the Navi still begged him to uh, do something, but um, despite his personal sitkis, uh, there wasn't much he could do. At least he felt there wasn't much he could do. Yeshio was uh, doing a lot. Had he survived past the prime of his life, he probably would have finished the job. And this kid is written not only for the personal tragedy of Yeshua Melech, but for the fact that Klai Yisrael never got the opportunity due to, again, his, his mistake, mistakes of the generation, never got the opportunity to continue going. And that's why this uh, kin is so highlighted. Yudzayin is perhaps one most uh, graphic of all the uh, kinnis. The focus is not only what Klaisrael had to look to to save themselves from starvation during the Purban. There's a focus in this particular kinna on children. The Medrash and Eichel, Paragalov, talks a lot about the children, specifically the children of Yushalayim and their tremendous Yatashmaya and their tremendous Chochmah. I'd like to discuss two of the pieces out of many. The debate almost is set over as a story that happened, but there, there's obviously a lot of depth in terms of the intention. And the Goyim from Atinas used to visit Yushalayim either right before the Corbin when it was coming or afterwards there's still some very few there's still some children around and the records among many two conversations that they had which like any medrash almost sounds like a medrash plea you read it quickly it shows a cute hop of a child but the depth is what I want to focus on what the uh, what the debate was first one medrash starts off Comes to Shalim, he sees a young child. And the Medjish described young is like a few years old, like the children that are slime being eaten in this uh, in this kinnah, starving in the streets of Yushalayim. So he came and apparently the war wasn't on yet, and he handed him a few prutas, he was a tourist, and he said, Here's a few pennies. Why don't you buy me some food? I'm not from here. Buy me some food, and I want food that can last me for today and this week, and then I have to take a long trip afterwards. I get something that's good. You get a lot of it. Kid goes, and after a while he comes back, 
and he brings a bag of salt. And the fellow from Atina said, what's this? Says, well, you only gave me like five cents. And you want the food for today, tomorrow, next week, your long trip. What do you expect me to buy for five pennies? So I bought the only food that lasts today, tomorrow, and for many, many days after that, and that's salt. Medrash Pliya number one. What was the uh, what was the conversation here? Number two, a fellow came also from Martinez and comes to Shalayim and he stops the young child. And again, he uh, gives him some money. And this time he has a specific order. He says, I want some food, but I want you to get me some eggs and some cheese. So, kid disappears, comes back, and the guy from Martinez points to the cheese and he said, I know that uh, you children, you Shalim, are famed all over the world for your brilliance. It's just the children. What, what we lost in terms of uh, the next dar and the dar after. And he said, if you're so smart, tell me, there's two pieces of cheese over here. You bought me a number of packages. Packages that weren't labeled then. Which one of these cheeses comes from a black goat? And which piece of cheese comes from a white goat? Goat cheese is a specialty, a very fine item. Which one came from a black one? Which one came from a white one? So the kid looked up at the fellow and he said, I'll answer your question, but first you tell me, since you're older and smarter, there are two eggs here. Which one came from a black chicken and which one came from a white chicken? Atkan is the medrash. So fortunately on this one, the Radal has a comment of double Luria. I'll share with you his comment and then I want to work it back. It doesn't say anything about the first medrash, but I think it's the same idea. The Radal said that... Uh, Things were, at this point, unraveling for Clay's role, and people were visiting. They were probably under the jurisdiction of uh, Rome at this time already, and they saw the Corbin coming, but the people visiting still wanted to catch the tail end. They wanted to understand what the brilliance was, but they also came to Shtoch. They also came to show Clay's role that whatever you think you had, it's, it's ending. And he told them to bring him cheese, and he wanted to know which piece of cheese came from a black goat, which came from a white goat. And the Radal says what he meant was a very pointed comment that you people in Klai Yisrael think you're so great because you came from Avram Yitzhak and Yankov. Well, now you're doing a lot of Averis and you're getting taken over and this is the end. And this piece of cheese and that piece of cheese look exactly the same. Yes, one came from a white goat, one came from a black goat, but at this point, it doesn't really make too much of a difference. They taste the same, they look the same, you can't tell. So all your yeasts is not going to help you any. The kid understood all this, and he asked a pointed question back, and he said, which one of these eggs came from a black chicken and a white chicken? So you look at the egg, so they are both white you can't tell by looking at the outside of the egg. So the child said, looks like you're right. Doesn't make this where it came from, you really can't tell. 
But herein lies the difference. If these eggs would hatch, one would be black and one would be white. So right now you can't tell in the cheese where it came from, you can't tell from the outside of the egg. But the mutva in our DNA is godless. At this particular point in time, you don't see it because we're not living up to our potential. But the DNA is still there and the chickens will follow, the chicks will follow the chickens and we'll see later on and one will still be black and one will still be white even though you can't tell in the cheese and you can't even tell from the outside of the egg. Which means we're going to make it back. Uh, we know exactly when, we know exactly how, but we do know that there's going to be this nucleus and the yichus will make a big difference. That's what Vidal says in this medrash. I believe, going back to the first one, the theme is the same, based on famous Gemara, where the philosophers had the debate with Rabbi Yeshua, and they asked him the famous question, what do you do when salt rots? Again, making the claim that uh, Pleisrael, the whole claim to fame is that their Messiah is going to last forever and forever, and they're going to be the only nation that makes it, near the Amanifcher, and it seems to be unraveling, it seems to be rotting. With all your preservatives, uh, the Maseira, it seems to be uh, going out of style. And Rabbi Shua, keep in mind, was the time when they, after the Fourth, when they tried to have a resurgence. And they almost did it. The Romans were flabbergasted. This is after, like, they killed millions of people like, 70 years later in their back. And this was, like I said, this was the, the feeling that, yes, we are back, we're always going to be back. And they were taunting that um, it's rotting. So they said, what do you do when salt rots? And Rabbi Shur gave his famous answer that uh, you mix it with the placenta of a mule. A mule doesn't have a placenta because a mule is barren. And they, of course, said, uh, Rabbi, you're supposed to be smart. We got you on this one. There is no placenta in a mule. And he said, that's correct. And salt never rots. Which means it looks like something's going wrong short term. At the end of the day, salt is the ultimate preservative. And if we give over the Messiah, even if it's to a million of people, we're going to survive. And I believe this kid knew that you said, and that's what he told them. He said, you're giving me a couple of putas, like uh, our currency is, is running out. Like, what do you expect me to buy? And that was his point. He said, you can't do anything with a couple of pennies. So you're out of money, you're out of resources, you're out of time, and you're finished. And the kid came back with salt. He says, we're not finished. We look like we're finished, and I might not survive, as it says in this kinder. I might die of starvation. I might, this might not be for me personally, but somebody is going to make it and somebody's going to survive. And there were many points of history, as you see from these kinders, that it looked very, very dim. I think uh, three, four years ago, I read out loud the, uh, the letter of the Rambam, one of the most depressing letters. And now it's not depressing because now, when you look at it, uh, you can become elated that uh, we still made it. The Rambam, Rambam penned this letter himself. And he was old, and he said, I don't have the kayak anymore. I'm not going to be here soon. And he writes a letter to the Chachmei Provence. My mom's in Mitzrayim. And there was a Jewish community there, but he didn't hold up too much hope. Despite the inroads that he made with the Karayim and the fact that there were a number of from people, he didn't uh, put the stock of Kaisal's survival in the people there necessarily. Or, and he writes this in a letter. He says, in Eitzisal, there's nobody learning in Mitzrayim. It's very shvach and bubble. There are one or two. So, basically, Provence is 
where you have the seat of learning, and wherever Klai Yisrael is learning and teaching, that's where they're going to survive. So basically he says at the end of the letter, I'm leaving soon, you're it. Which is, had to have been pretty depressing to the Rambam. Everything was at a very low ebb, and they were in Gullus, Arba Confus Ares, and it didn't look like the prospects were very good. And this was the assumption of many, many Yidin throughout history. It's almost a chiddush to me, by the way, to the credit of Klai Yisrael, that we have a minute on Tisha B'Av morning, we say kinnis for a few hours, because this is depressing. And if you're not very dedicated, you could say, you know what, uh, this is a long history, it's going to happen again, it's going to repeat itself, I'm out of here. And there were many in the last hundred years, again, we're not criticizing them, it was very difficult, who did just that, and cashed Klai Yisrael in for any ism they could find. But we had recently in the Navi Shir, Achaz, father did the same thing. Why would you want to be an update of Azal? Why would you want to put a tzelem in the Hechel? Why, why would you want to... The, the Kinnah keeps referencing the, the guy you put a tzelem. That, that's a reference to what the Malta Yehuda did. Why would you want to do that? You don't want to be from, so don't be from. You don't want to be king, so don't be king. But well, you got to be lahachis. The answer is, he was making an active attempt to make Klai Yisrael Kechad Amin because he said, this can't keep up. It's an amazing insight. That doesn't forgive what he did. But, but he came to the incorrect conclusion can't do this anymore. And too many Goyim, too few of us, it's not going to work. So he put a Tzalem, Achaz put a Tzalem upstairs, Menashe put a Tzalem in the Hechel. What were they thinking? I guess, y'all want to be from? So don't have a, so goodbye. <laughs> I got to convince everybody else. I got to use your uh, arm of the monarchy to enforce this. The answer is they thought what they are doing was good for Klai Yisrael because the more we erase, the more we'll be like them, we'll blend in, everything will be fine. And the last 200 years of Ascola was the same exact argument in just different forms. So it all starts, the Medrash, the Chachmei Atinas had the same argument and they uh, told the kids, Etafka picked on the kids, give up. That's why uh, Achaz locked, locked the doors of the best Medrash. And he said this Loshan, same Gemara. If you're, there's no best Medrash, if it's locked, no kids are coming to learn, if kids are coming to learn, there's no next generation. He was trying to accomplish that. Again, Baruch Hashem, that was partially undone by his son and partially undone again by Yeshio. But the fact that Ramam is writing a letter that uh, there's some Chachamim, a group of Chachamim in a far off uh, place in Europe, and he tells them, reminds them, it's all up to you. Keep up the good work, was very discouraging. The Ramam himself was a full mindman, of course, that it would continue, but he was pointing out that you can't assume it's somebody else. And what's for us important is to understand is that many people came year were building yeshivas and uh, building bigger buildings and shuls are full. Um, 80, 90% of the people are still uh, outside. So you can't point to somebody else, it's up to them. What they were thinking as they were so starved that they had to come to uh, cannibalism, what they were thinking when the, there was come out nobody alive after the Chorban and the rest were in Gullus and the Assessor Shvatim were lost maybe forever. I'm sure there are many who were thinking like Achaz and like Menashe and like everybody else. Uh, the good news is there were enough people, uh, some of your ancestors, that were thinking otherwise. And uh, that kids in Yishalayim who understood, some of them survived, who understood that uh, salt doesn't rot. And uh, inside this egg is a, is a chicken that looks like uh, the correct grandfather, not look what the, like what the Umas Elam want us to look like. <coughs> That's a uh, biggest side. Uh, with the tragedy and with all the despair, there's a positive silver lining.
one we just uh, read, Isaiah Levon, and the next one talk about uh, the Aserug Malchus and the loss of Terah and the Tzadikim who were killed by Kiddush Hashem. Martin Gittin talks a lot about the quote-unquote Hamanam, who were not simple at all, called them simple Jews, children who were on the ship and normally suicide is also in every circumstance, but over here they were afraid of the Yehar Vayavar Isayim that they might not pass. And we know that uh, Tzila, we have a talk of the Tzila has never returned unanswered. And we talk about Arze Levano, and we're talking about the ten tzaddikim who could be misfollowed like nobody else could. So, why were they not spared? Did they daven? Did they not daven? So, it doesn't spell it out over here, but when we read about the Asar Rugamachas in Kippur, it says that they asked Rabbi Yishmael to find out whether or not it's a Zerim and a Shamayim. Everything's exera, but apparently exera that can't be undone. And describes there that he pronounced the shame of Mefarish. And he went up and he said, yes, it is. And the tzila is not going to help. What is pointed out, it's a Pasuk and Eicha. Probably have an Eicha in your Sefer. If you take a look at Paragimel, Pasuk, Memdalad. Very frightening Pasuk. A little frightening. This one, Rabbi Edison Ibishit, it says that um, there is a point if Hashem wants to carry out a gzera, he will cause it that the particular tefillah won't be accepted. It still makes a Roshim that saved up the later causes, but for what they're trying to accomplish right then, or as the Gemara Gittin says, Meshach Hachamim Ocher Redaitam Yisakol, said on Rabbi Edison he said, So we know in hindsight that that was the only thing you could do. Yushalayim was a shell, and the Maserat depended on Yavne. But there was a Havamina, maybe more than a Havamina, that answered both. Yavne was there. As Yushalayim, maybe now they'll do Tshuva. So one sheet of the Gemara, Rabbi Kiva says about Yavne's decision that the Bechira was withheld from him. That is foolish. That the Kosh Baruch Hu will sometimes block tefillahs and will block the tefillahs of the decision-making process in order to bring a Chorban or whatever else the Kosh Baruch Hu wants to bring Rachman Aslan as an Einish. So this Pasuk and Eicha, Pasuk Memdalad and Peregimel. Peregimel, Pasuk Memdalad? Memdalad, yeah. Sakaisa so there are a number of pshatim in this pasuk, but they all lead to the same place. You made it very cloudy. The pasuk pshat was not pasuk. Is that there was like a spiritual blockage, formed like to describe a cloud, that Kadosh made under the kisya covered to block the tefillahs of Klai Yisrael. Because you had many formidable Yidin, certainly the Asarugamachas, who could dive in their way out of anything because the Tzvila had such kaya. So Kosh Baruch Hu had to make a special level of Ananim, Avor Tzvila, that the Tzvila shouldn't pass through. Which is ironic, because we, we keep contrasting what was going on beforehand, led to the Horban, certainly by Rishon, what was going on with Menashe and Achaz and Yoshio and 
for good or for bad, so Menashe, we know, try to do tshuva at the end. The tshuva was about as um, lower tshuva as you can get. He was tied to a hot metal horse and they lit a fire underneath. At first he cried out to his avodazars, and that didn't work. He cried out to the other avodazars. Then he said, you know, I once learned in Cheder that Hashem answers tefillahs. Okay, doesn't make a difference how you wake up. But then he said, pointedly, he says, and if you don't answer this, he said to Hashem, if you don't answer this tefillah, you like the rest of them. That's not a great way to offer a tefillah. So the malachim, of course, blocked it. How did malachim block our tefillahs? So this anon that's being described, as the Irish explains, is an anon, a film, a mist, a smog, made out of our averis. And each time it's an aver, there's a malachas makatrek, and it just creates like a, uh, a metal, metal field you can't pass. And when Menashe tried to do tshuva, his tefillah wasn't coming up either because he had more in his record than almost anybody else. And Mara says, in Menashe's case, Kosh Baruch Hu drilled a hole on the Kisiyah cover and let it in the back door. And Kosh Baruch Hu didn't want to piss on Pani B'Shetayna he tried to do tshuva and he couldn't. It's too late. It's never too late. Okay. That was by Menashe. And he talked, did you do tshuva? He tried to undo what he did. We'll get to it later on in the year. Did he accomplish or not? But the Asar Ruge Malchus were not Menashe. And even though Menashe had uh, certain areas of godless that he tried to use later, there's Tavashi in the Gemara, but we're talking about Rabbi Kiva, maybe Rabbi Shmuel. No doubt they tried to daven, or they at least asked Rabbi Shmuel that we're going to daven, we'll find out if we should. And his answer was no, there's a cloud, and it's going to be blocked at this particular point in time. And that's what the Navi refers to, Sakesa Banon Loch Tvila, is that uh, when the Chorban came, you set up anonim to block the tefillahs. These anonim, as I was just says, this first piece were, the anonim were created by us, created by our Averis, and the Averis blocked, and we didn't have enough malachim as a sanigaria. They only had the malachim and the katrigim. There's another source, also based on this Pasuk, that says the morning of the Chorban, we have a more vivid description of Bayashani, even though the Pesukim rolled up Bayashvishim, but we have many more sources what happened down to the minute details in Bayashani. And we know that Bayashani, up to the months and weeks and days leading up to the final break-in to the uh, Zara, the Yidin was still killing each other because most of them were not from, and they had the Biryanim and the Sakrikim, and they had all sorts of different forces, and each militia didn't agree. When the Romans were Mamish knocking down the doors, so then they said, what, we're going to keep killing ourselves, why don't we put up a fight? And then they joined forces. Lamaisa, as the Romans were coming in, you would imagine that everybody saw uh, what was going to happen, and everybody saw where the bread was buttered, and they would try to do tshuva. And the source that says that the day and days before the Chorban, it was always cloudy, so they couldn't davenate, which is a tremendous fuss. They couldn't davenate, they couldn't find the sun. It was so cloudy. And Akash Baruch made sure it was cloudy so that if they're davening, they'll daven, but they won't have the schluss of davening nates, and it won't be a perfect shacharis, and therefore they won't get their words in. So, this Pesach tells us, it doesn't say, therefore, if it's Chas Hashem disaster pending, you shouldn't daven. Sancheir uh, uh, had them cornered, and Chizkiyo said the opposite. He said, But, 
if the tefillah doesn't look like it's accepted now, the Megillus Eicha and the Kinnis, but the Sarah the next one as well, are telling us that part of the Einish is that the tefillah won't be accepted. Does that mean the tefillah is worthless? There's no such thing as a worthless tefillah. It gets saved up and it can help Deiriz later and help mitigate a little bit now, but it didn't stop the Corbin. There is such a Muslim if a Baruch Hu feels that Klaesol needs the Kapara, it's going to happen anyway. And more recent history, in World War II, so many Gainim and Sadiqim who davened. Chaznish had a fascinating comment. Chaznish was already in Yisrael before the war started. And they didn't know, they knew what was going on. They knew the Nazis were trying to come to Palestine and they were quite nervous they were coming. They were... Uh, they were burning records already. The Jewish agency is burning records. That's how close the Nazis came. We, we don't know that part of history. Uh, but they were on the doorstep. There was uh, nothing short of an ace that they were stopped. And uh, you see in Plata was, was part of the Cheshvan over here. But as they were coming in, somebody just told me they were uh, in Haifa. And the British were actually with the Jewish brigade building bunkers on Har Carmel, in Har Carmel. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. They were convinced, the British were convinced the Nazis were going to make it in. And they wanted to make their last stand on Hard Carmel of all places. That's how, that's how close it got. We are with the Tewilas. So, Pusik says the Tewilas can be blocked. Chaznish, after the war, even though they knew the Nazis were up to no good, but nobody knew the extent of it. And it's Israel, they knew less than in America. The White House, they knew plenty. Part of a wonderful Chavarim from Esav. We like seeing the positive side of it, which we're enjoying now. Uh, it wasn't so positive then. And the Chaznish, after the war, when the Sheriffs of Plato started coming to Israel, started hearing what really happened. Uh, he murmured this to himself, but it was overheard by a number of Talmidim because he was like an Avelis. After, he, after the people came and started telling him what, what, hap- what happened in Auschwitz, what, what happened in Lippadet, what, what really happened, he kept saying, in Yiddish, he kept saying, uh, they withheld it from me. Quite a, so it wasn't just the Chaznish, but the Chaznish knew he knew he was. It's Anivis. Anivis is when you know who you are and you still not know. Mesha knew who he was also. And the Chaznish said that uh, had he known, had Gedal Menetzi Shalom known, they would have uh, stormed stormed the heavens. Would it have made a difference? We don't know. But the Chaznish certainly felt that they weren't even given the chance because Hashem didn't want them to daven. So that's part of this pasuk also. So you would think the last people this can happen to is Isaiah Levonon and the Timur will have the Kaya Chatvila, but if it's turned off, it's turned off, and that's uh, part of the tragedy here. Didn't we have that with Moshe also? The yes, yes, and Moshe Rabbeinu, well, the Nesran had to tell him to stop over there. You see the potency of the Tulum, that had he kept on davening, it would have worked. So the Chaznish was hiding, they didn't let me know. very ironic about the kind of we just uh, read and uh, contrasted Tzitz Yitzrayim and Tzitz Yishalayim so the main focus of the kinah was the fact that uh, Klai Yisrael was formed and left Mitzrayim at Siat Hashmaya and Nisim Neflos and seemed to have tremendous hester upon him when they left Yishalayim by the Horban I think it's hard to know what was going on in Yochan Mekarach's head. 
But the Chorban uh, really ended, Chorban by Rishon and Son Gedalia. That's why we had Son Gedalia as a separate sign. It's not often focused on because it's sort of like little Yom in Arayim, and people don't know exactly what it's about, but it's, it's very much the story of Tishabov. After the Chorban, Yermiel was there. Nebuchadnezzar did not take everybody. There was still a Yishuv and a Tisrael. He appointed, as far as known, Gedalia ben Achikim as the governor. And he promised them he's going to leave them alone. Just uh, it doesn't pay as a, as a dictator, as a person who wants to conquer the world. If you don't leave somebody in the land, they can't cultivate the land, they can't pay taxes. So it wasn't because he was a nice guy. It's just that he wanted to leave X amount of people there. Is that to work the vineyards? Is that to work the farms? So he said, Gedalia's in charge, and you can even be Eved Hashem. Just work and pay your taxes and be good. So as is well known from the story, so this fellow plotted because he was upset that uh, Gedalia, who was a big tzaddik, was appointed. They told Gedalia he was plotting against him, and he didn't listen. He put him in Kabbalah Har, which normally is a good thing. Over here, Chabdev uh, Chachel would have been in order. And Gedalia was killed. The reason why we have a separate sign, there are many tzaddikim who were killed by both Korban by Hashemi, is because this was the chance to have more of a settlement there that when they come back, they won't be started from scratch. Which when Ezra came back, Nehemiah came back, was a tremendous disadvantage. It was a mess. Whoever was, was there after this, Misa, uh, intermarried and with Mamish, nothing there. This could have been the nucleus of a thing that over the next 70 years grew. When they came back, like the Kosh Baruch was Rachman, and he sent the Cherish the Maskat to Bovel, that when the Gully Bovel got there to Roman Zushan, there was an established community with Yeshivas and Shul. It made a tremendous difference in their Frumkite and in their uh, community. So, this is what could have been. After Gedalia was killed, so Yermio was approached by Yechem and Kerich, who was the one who was trying to take revenge on Gedalia's death, so that was good. And he chased Ishmael back into Tanawah Amun, and he turned to Yermio and say, uh, said, Navi uh, Rebbe, what do we do? Which is the first time they did that, unfortunately. Didn't listen to hear me before the Horvath. But they said, uh, We want to know what the Dvar Hashem. Gedalia's gone. We're afraid to stay here. Nebuchadnezzar is going to come back and take revenge that they killed his, we killed his governor. It was a year who killed him. And we're going to be in trouble. So should we stay here? Should we go down to Mitzrayim? It sounds funny to us. Go down to Mitzrayim? So Mitzrayim was a neighbor to the south. It was still an independent state. Nebuchadnezzar had conquered everything and it's just fallen to the north. And they figured, okay, so maybe they'll be safe there. They also, I believe, had this nostalgia to, they probably figured in the back of their mind, we'll go to Mitzrayim, things will calm down, and then we'll have another Yitzhak Mitzrayim. As this kid has said, we'll, we'll, we'll try it again. Yemiyo said, okay, I'll dive in, I'll try to get the Tvar Hashem. And Navi doesn't have an Avu every second of the day. It's got to come, or sometimes he can ask for it and it comes, and sometimes he can ask for it and it doesn't come. So it's after the Chorban already. It almost strikes us as odd. They had a Navi after the Chorban. Well, they needed Navim to rebuild the base of Mikdash. When they came back 70 years later, they still had a few Navim woven into Anshik and Esagadela. It's toward the end, but Yermiyah is still alive. So Yermiyah said, I'll go Davin, I'll try to get the Dvar Hashem. Should we stay here? It's pretty precarious. Or should we go down to Mitzrayim? He Davin, and no Navua came. It's after the Chorban. That's not Pasha. He Davin again, no Navua came. He Davin for 10 days. <laughs> And nothing came. These 10 days were 
more or less doesn't say exactly, but sounds like around the Seri Simei Tshuva. I know that because when he got his Navu, it was after Yom Kippur. The idea over here obviously was, Klai Yisrael wasn't Zeichah to it right now, but it's Yom Naran, let them do Tshuva, and you'll be Zeichah to Navu. After Yom Kippur, he gets a Navu, and the Navu is all written down in Yemya. Navu was crystal clear. Stay here, do not go down to Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim will finish with, we left once, we're there again. So this is the rice that goes down to Mitzrayim anyway. It's not the Chesachanist of Foshos. Ramam lived there, but the answer was clear. Stay here, and Melech Bava will not take revenge, and you'll be protected. This is after Yechem and Kerech and the whole Thevra came to Yemi and begged them, we apologize for not listening to you, Halabai, we could listen to you before the Chorban, avoid this whole thing. This time we could listen to you, and the Nevuah was hard to come by. It took him ten days. Gave him the answer. Uh, if you wouldn't read this inside, you wouldn't believe it. Not that we should pat ourselves on the back that we would have done any better. But um, he told him the Nevoa, and the Nevoa was not um, hazy. It was very clear. Do not leave Eretz Yisrael. Everything will be okay. Stay here. And the rest of clients will join you later on. They heard it, and they didn't listen. After they begged him, they 10 days, they didn't listen. And not only did they say, we're going down to Mitzrayim because they think it's too dangerous over here, they informed Yermio and Navi that he's coming with them, which is beyond, sounds beyond chutzpah. But that's exactly what they did. And you'll say, what were they thinking? So he's in a barbanel and a yalkut there that says, this sounds almost contemporary. Yermio had a tam of the name of Baruch. We know Baruch, because Baruch is the Rebbe of Ezra. Baruch ended up living in Bovel, but not, not yet. Now he's still with his Rebbe, Yirmiyahu, and Eretz They forced Yirmiyahu and Baruch to go down to Mitzrayim with them, because in their twisted frumkite, they don't want to be there without the Navi. They might need them. So they forced them both to go down. And they're telling them why they're not listening to Yirmiyahu is, first of all, obviously something funny about the Nebu over here because we asked and it didn't come right away and we waited and waited and waited and waited it took 10 days well the answer the real answer is you, you have to be worthy to get a Nebu and uh, we just had a Chorban and you guys didn't do Tshuva yet after Yom Kippur somebody did enough Tshuva that they got the Nebu after they got the Nebu what were they thinking? so Barbanel says that they had the uh, twisted uh, mind, when you don't want to see the truth, you'll make up any story. They said, you know, there's a Talmud Baruch who's here. Baruch HaShavayid. We know from other sources. Baruch was preparing his whole life to get Navua. He very much wanted to get Navua is a, is a, can't use the word treat. It's, it's an experience that nobody we know ever had. And you had to go through the whole Messias Hashanah to get there. And Baruch was, uh, the next God Ladar is Baruch. And that's Ezra's Rebbe, if you imagine. Ezra the Gemara says, Moshe Rabbeinu and Moshe had not given the terror, would have been given to Ezra. So this is Ezra's Rebbe, Yemiel's Talmud. He was just this short, this shy of Nevoah. Takes many years to work on it. And they said, you know, we're not sure the Nevoah, this is a Chiyamisa to doubt a Nevoah like this. We're not sure the Nevoah of Yemiel is true. Maybe he's just telling us to stay here because he can only get Nevoah in Eretz Yisrael, which by and large is true, except for Yechezkel. There's a different schmooze. And Baruch is about to get Navu, he's almost, almost there, and really his Talmud told him he doesn't want to leave yet because if he leaves Yitzhak, he won't get Navu, and he convinced the Rebbe to tell us that we should stay because the Talmud wants Navu, which is beyond insane, but that's how they forenfer to themselves while we're not listening because somebody here has an agenda and we're not listening. You've heard that before? And the bloggers write this every day. 
because everybody's got there are plenty of people with agendas, but uh, if the if the G'daylum who are telling you what the Navu is, what the Dvar Hashem is an agenda, then uh, then we have no uh, we have no way to figure out uh, the chal is going on. So it's a type of kfira, but they mayashiv in their minds that you know what uh, Mitzrayim is a place we've been there before. We'll have a Yitzhiza sign afterwards. We'll, we'll compare it and contrast it then. And right now, um, we're getting out of here and we're bringing them. I, I find that the most pelletic. It's, you have a as far as you want to go yourself, do your own avera. So don't schlep along the Rebbe who you asked for the answer for and then told you not to go. So they take Yirmiya, they take Baruch, they settle in Mitzrayim. They continue doing Avodazar. It says the wives will makachim Avodazar. And they stayed there. A part of life is you got to wait because uh, retribution is not always quick and coming either, which is good because it gives you a chance to choose them. They were there eight years. Imagine they held Yirmiya and Baruch in captivity for eight years. They wanted to be above over the rest of Klai saw the good people. And while Yirmiya was there, he's ever the caring uh, leader. He's pleading with them, do tshuva, do tshuva. It's still not too late. You came down, you made a mistake, do tshuva. Eight years he's doing that. Didn't work. And eight years later, Nebuchadnezzar gets down to Mitzrayim and conquers the whole country and wipes everybody out. And takes now the remainder. Nebuchadnezzar knew who Yermia was and he never touched him. So he gave Yermia safe passage, Baruch safe passage, maybe a few others. Brought him back to Bovo. And that's what we find Baruch and Bovo and where Ezra is learning from him. He never got Nebuchadnezzar, which is fine because he was the leader of Klai Yisrael anyway. But the agenda that they proposed, that they claimed somebody had, La Hoyavlonivra, of course, but once they made the decision that they just don't want to do tshuva, they have to forend for, well, why are we not listening to the Navi? We just begged him. And that, sadly enough, was their answer. So there, this kind of rings, besides the contrast of the good times versus the bad times, I think part of the Yishuv in the back of their mind, this the Abarbanel doesn't say, is the fact that Mitzrayim is a familiar place, we had Hatzlacha last time we left. We'll go there for a while till the heat's off, and we'll leave, and then we'll think about doing tshuva. Well, they got the number of chances before, during, and even the eight years afterwards, and it didn't work, and they never survived, except for the few that the Chavnets are taking to the bubble. Uh,